College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Today, Colin Nick preview the Week 17 matchup as the Denver Broncos close out the 2017 regular season at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. This podcast was recorded on Tuesday, December 26th. Late Merry Christmas to you guys. Things may have changed since then. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up. I am Carl Dumbler, and with me, as always, I have Mr. Nick Kendall. Nick, I've honestly reached that point of just, I have no clue which Bronco team is going to show up any any week. <laughs> the the double-digit loser or the team that kind of looks like they could be something. I don't, it's just been one of the most truly forgettable seasons I've ever been a part of. Well, hopefully not too forgettable because you've been a part of this ride with me. But other than the, the Huddle Up podcast and everything, yeah, just not not a great season for the Denver Broncos, one that I think everybody will be ready for the new year and to move on from and to be better next year. And, yeah, it's just not a good year. I'm excited for the draft and everything that's going to come with the top pick. But right now, I'm sorry, we probably a little bit aside here before we even get into anything. I am scared so much about the sixth pick because in my opinion right now when I'm looking at the draft there are five guys that I look at the board and I'm like I would love any of those five guys and I think there's a good chance all five go before the Broncos pick and then after that I'll probably just I don't know I'll jump out a window screw it I'll (laughs) I'll be so upset right now my five guys you know this is again this is the preview episode but last game of the season and we didn't really get to talk too much Broncos-related stuff with the bowl game preview stuff that we did with Cameron Parker. But right now, five guys that if Broncos can have them next year, I will be ecstatic. You have Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Saquon Barkley, Connor Williams, and Bradley Chubb. I could see all of those guys going before the Broncos pick. So yeah, right now the Broncos have the sixth pick after losing to the Redskins. And luckily we had the Bengals and the Bears and the, the 49ers win. Unfortunately, Tampa Bay blew it in the last freaking second. Otherwise, we'd have that fifth pick. And Houston looks like a freaking... That's nothing's going to happen there, probably. And Indianapolis is garbage as well. And the Giants. So we, we can't get the top three pick. It's impossible at this point. But the Broncos can get all the way up to number four if Tampa Bay and Houston loses. And I'm not cheering for the Broncos to lose against the Chiefs because I'm not a big Chiefs fan. But if we lose, and we can drop all the way up to 12, if we drop to 12, I'm going to be just heartbroken. Because the, I think that the, the amount of talent, the level of talent that goes from the top five to 12 is insane. You know, you're picking 10. The pl- caliber of player from 10 to 28, there's no difference. It's, it's just pretty much the same guy. So right now, just nightmare scenario right here. First pick, Cleveland goes, let's say, Darnold. Second pick, Giants go Rosen. Third pick, Colts go Connor Williams. Fourth pick, Cleveland goes Saquon. And fifth pick, Tampa goes Chubb. I mean... Screw it. I'm done. I'm finding a new team. I'd be so, I'm going to be so mad and upset. Are you having yeah. any feelings about that? I mean, I guess, you know, I'm not cheering for him to lose or anything, but, and, you know, you go, whatever, Quentin Nelson there or something else, maybe Roquan Smith, but I think those top five guys, there's, there's just, there's a tier difference there. And I would hate to be that team that just misses it. 
Yeah. It, well, I mean, everything really depends on what happens at quarterback in the free agency period. Yeah. We, we've heard Broncos are pretty much that's the way they're going to go is get a free agent quarterback. Even if it's not Cousins, they'll go get another of the next next tier of guys. So uh, I don't know. We'll see if that, that position's filled. If it's not, then it'd be hard for them not to go quarterback with that sixth pick. I know you and I are not as high on Mayfield as many others, but it'd be hard to see them go any other direction than Mayfield at that sixth pick. It has to be Mayfield because I, I will be done if it's Allen. Yeah. John yeah, Allen would make me so mad. We we heard Elway wasn't all that impressed with his bowl game, so I doubt that's who it's going to be. <laughs> I'll tell I think that to it, the Wyoming Bronco fans. I know, I know. I, we're trying to tell you guys it's not going to be Allen. At least not there. <sighs> yeah, not there. Maybe maybe that's early second round pick. But no, it's the one nice thing for the Broncos is Houston is playing Indianapolis in Week 17. That's a miracle. So one of them has to lose, and we have to hope that Houston wins because then the Broncos can jump Cleveland for that fifth pick. It would be so great to get to that fourth pick. Yeah. And then yeah. who was the other one? Tampa Bay. That's yeah. That's they have, a, I think they have a pretty tough matchup. The saints. Yeah. To close out the season and the saints actually have to win that game. Yeah. So I, I doubt that one's going to happen. So fifth pick is probably our, our best bet as Bronco fans. See Tampa blew that game in the last 30 seconds against Carolina. Cam Newton fumbled the football at the goal line and then it bounced right into his gut and he ran it in for a touchdown. Jeez. I was so mad. Uh, it's kind of, that's just our season. Nothing quite bounces our way. Even when we want to get a higher draft pick, which means losing, it still goes the wrong way. Like, yeah. can't, can't anything go right. Yeah. That's, so. it is what it is. Before we go any further, we do want to want you to know that this show's focus is all things that pertain to your Denver Broncos. We'll be bringing you these game previews, this last one, to get you ready for, for the upcoming game and how to be watching the game, hopefully as a smarter fan. With Nick and myself being film junkies, we'll be bringing you this game preview with a scout-based perspective, breaking down the matchups from a player's skill set and X's and O's perspective. You can follow myself on Twitter, at Carl Dimler, MHH as well as follow Nick at Nick Kindle MHH. And be sure to tweet us any questions or opinions you have because we live for talking Bronco football and, and off-season football. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at HuddleUpPod. And make sure you check out ours and our co-writers' written content at milehighhuddle.com, a part of scout.com, and an affiliate of the CBS Sports Digital Network. We know you listeners are as Bronco and football crazy as we are, so please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. And don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So please take the time to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. Well, like I said, we've finally arrived at the end of a pretty, pretty sad season. Tumultuous. Yeah, yeah, it, it really has. And we've arrived at a game that honestly is pretty much a preseason game for both teams. Because Kansas City, they have nothing to play for. A win doesn't help them. A loss doesn't hurt them. And pretty much it sounds like they're going to be resting a lot of starters. Probably Alex Smith is going to be rested. So Patrick Mahomes is going to get the start. Travis Kelsey, Marcus Peters, maybe Kareem Hunt. I, I don't know. They're just I'm guessing they're going to be sitting a lot of different starters. And Broncos, they're going to be kind of doing the same thing. Of We already know Paxton Lynch is going to be the starter. Uh, Jamal Charles is already asking to be cut because <laughs> he knows he's not going to see the field. I doubt that Emmanuel Sanders plays in this one. I don't know. It just it seems like a, a pretty crazy game right now that there's just – I don't know what kind of feeling you get here. I get a feeling that if I weren't a diehard Denver Bronco fan, I would not be tuning in. Let's put it that way. Unless I was a big Patrick Mahomes guy. But we'll see. Yeah, this is a game that could go either way and because of that factor. But hopefully – I hate that I'm cheering for the Broncos to not get a W. It really ticks me off, but especially because if we had a chance to play spoilers against the Chiefs, that would change things. But it literally doesn't even matter. The best case scenario for the Broncos is to have a dry, higher draft pick at this point. So competitive game. Hopefully we'll see some of the younger guys in the Broncos play well, kind of give them, again, some direction. Maybe Paxton balls out. I don't know. But it's you, you and I were talking about it before we uh, recorded this earlier today. Like, man, this podcast, who's even playing for the – the Chiefs, who's playing for the Broncos. So we're going to do the best we can here with everything that we know being Tuesday night. And, you know, I drove probably 
six hours the past few days, you know, driving down to Christmas and then driving back up today, back to Iowa City, because I got to work tomorrow. Of course, that eight to five grind never ends. But it's going to be an interesting game. I, I, how does Vegas put a spread on this game too? Like, do they know who's playing? Like, honestly, if you're putting money in Vegas or anything, I'm not condoning gambling or anything, but I feel like these games, you have no idea what you're doing. Probably your best chance because <laughs> anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. So hopefully the Broncos play decently well and get a good game. And I'm excited to see Patrick Mahomes as well, just because he's an intriguing young talent. Got to interview him last year at the Combine. Got a cannon arm, kind of makes some of those Brett Favre out of scheme plays where he just throws it across his body. Terrible mechanics. What the heck are you doing? And he gets it in there because his arm talent is that insane. And he's a decent athlete as well. So I think Patrick Mahomes, from everything it sounds like, he's going to be the starter for the Chiefs next year. They're going to move on from Alex Smith. From what I've been told from a Chiefs insider, Alex Smith is probably heading to Cleveland one way or another. I've heard it's probably for a second-round pick plus a conditional later-round pick. And it seems like a good fit, especially with Dorsey going there to be the Browns GM, and the Browns have 10,000 picks and millions of dollars in cap space. So tens of millions of dollars in cap space. So they have the means to do it. We'll see what happens with Josh Rosen. That's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. But Alex Smith, playoff game, this playoff run, probably his last chance. But getting to see a guy that Bronco fans are going to love to grow to hate in Patrick Mahomes. And I'm excited to see him. Yeah, I was going to ask you real quick, and I know this isn't the game related, but I saw you'd commented on the Josh Rosen comments about him saying he'd rather go to a better team than higher in the draft. And I saw you were catching a little bit of heat uh, just for, for saying this is probably actually, this is actually a really good thing that he said. And I, I agree with you. I, I thought that was a pretty intelligent thing. From what I've heard, Josh Rosen is going to do everything in his power to not be a Cleveland Brown. So this is just seems like a part of him working his way to not be a Cleveland Brown. You know, he doesn't want to go to that organization. And quite frankly, can you blame him? I've seen some people comment that, oh, he's a quitter, or oh, I hope he tears his ACL, and stuff like that. I mean, this is your chance to make a career and a living, and you have a chance to maybe go to New York with a great ownership, probably one of the top five organizations in football, at least from a total top-to-bottom organization standpoint. And then you have Cleveland, who literally is the dumpster fire of American professional sports. I mean, this is a salary cap league we're talking about here, where it's meant to keep things at least a little bit competitive. It's not baseball where the Yankees have $10 billion more billion than any other team so they can go out and get Stan and go get Harper next year and some crazy BS like that. Now, this is a salary cap league, and we're talking about one of the most inept organizations in American sports. So if I'm Josh Rosen, yeah, I... and I have interest beyond football, he's a guy who's very interested in Wall Street and the stock market. You know, He wants to, which can you blame me? He's going to have a platform. And again, something the Jewish descent to, you know, going to Cleveland. Heck no. I'm sorry if you live in Cleveland. I live in Iowa city. You know, some people would probably turn up their nose at that, but from what Cleveland has been the last 20 years, and I know they have some good young talent on the defense and yada, yada, but I don't blame, I didn't blame John Elway for getting the heck out of the Colts organization, not wanting anything to do with it. I didn't blame Eli Manning for not wanting to go to the chargers. And I'm not going to blame Josh Rosen for using his voice and whatever power he has to kind of force the hand of any organization that drafts him. Because, I mean, let's be honest, as much as a draft person I am, the draft's kind of a little bit BS. These guys, you know, they're young players. They don't get to choose where they get to go. So, I mean, that keeps everybody from going to the freaking Patriots or the Cowboys every year, which is good. But still, I mean, if you have the ability to kind of push your hand and you don't want to be there, let them know in my opinion. And if that's the case, if I'm the Browns, it sucks. But if you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. So yeah, it's that's, that's where I stand. It's been quarterback purgatory. Ugh. No quarterback has had success there. I mean, quarterback is not strong enough. It's not a yeah. strong enough word. It's like super hell. Yeah, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's terrible. That's where careers go to die. And so can you really blame a guy for wanting to have a better opportunity to be successful? and want to have a better team around them. And I, to me, that screams they want to win. They don't want to go to Cleveland just because they're the first overall pick and then lose the rest of their career. And then five years later, even three years later, all of a sudden they're out of the league because 
Cleveland couldn't build a team around him. And everybody's going, this guy is terrible. I, I think there's a lot of times there's players that if they went to a different place would have a highly successful career that for many other people out there say, oh man, this guy is a huge bust. Well, maybe they just weren't in a very good situation. There's a lot of teams that just don't know how to draft players to fit their type of scheme, to fit what they really need. They just take a player because, oh, they're a big name. Okay, let's go get them. So, it, yeah, I, I think it was a highly intelligent thing that he said. I appreciate his honesty. He's like one of the most honest players I've ever seen. He doesn't do the coach speak or player speak. He's like, nope, I'm just going to tell you, I'm here to play football. I'm not here to go to class <laughs> or however he said it. I can't remember what he I said that it's hard to do playing football and be a very successful student because right. playing football at D one is like a full-time job. Right. And, you know, it's not yeah. the most PC thing, but Rosen tells it like it is. He's somebody that's classic millennial liberal type, you know, where he's fighting the system. You know, we'll see, we'll see what it does for the NFL because some coaches, they want those yes, sir, no, sir types, the toe in line and that guy, but interesting player. And I, again, I don't blame him a bit for saying what he did because if I was in his situation and I had a chance to go to potentially the Giants or maybe even the Denver Broncos, you know, picking six or whatever, one of those teams that needs that pick or that needs that quarterback that's that high, I am letting it be known that Cleveland don't come knocking. I am not, <laughs> I am not interested. I could not be less uninterested. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, we're kind of getting off topic from the actual game ahead of us here for this preview episode. So let's talk about the the quarterback here for the Broncos. And who? I, yeah, well, <laughs> Paxton Lynch. He's getting another star here. And, oh, man, pretty much this guy's kind of blown his one opportunity. I I guess that's my first question. Let's start with that. Is there anything he could do in this game that makes you think the Broncos would be willing to stick with him next year? Simply put, no. I think. I mean, I still think they'll probably stick with him next year unless somebody gives them like a day two pick. But as far as going into next season with a chance to be the starter, I don't see them do that anyway. He had a chance two years ago. You know, he's project, everything like that, but failed to take control of that position. And then this off season didn't look great again. And then the injuries, two injuries, who knows what would have happened if he'd have been able to stay healthy, but those injuries matter. You know, that's something that people say you can't play quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's true, but can he stay healthy? That, I don't know. And he's had the AC joint injuries that were concerning before he was drafted. He had that shoulder injury in the preseason. Then he had the ankle injury. So durability is a real question mark for him in my opinion. And that's something that needs to be discussed and considered. But from everything I'm hearing, he's probably a guy that I just don't see them making that commitment to him going into the next season. I think they're going to back up a dumpster full of money to Kirk cousins and see what happens from there. But Paxton, I mean, hopefully we'll see a little bit here just because trade bait or anything, you know, value for him using that first round pick on him. But Still, not great. And this Chiefs defense, I mean, even if he does play great, he's going to be missing some weapons around him, which will be harmful, obviously. It definitely hurt Brock Osweiler last week. But Kansas City, they're not going to be playing a very tough defense. They're not going to really give anything away. So I expect some pretty simple coverage from Kansas City's defense. You know, cover three, cover two, not very many exotic, exotic blitz packages. Again, you mentioned it earlier, kind of like a preseason game, just getting guys out there, running through the emotions, you know, putting it out there for the fans still, but win loss for both teams. I guess, I guess the win loss matters more for the Broncos than it does the chiefs, which is crazy. But yeah, there's, I think I was reading if the Broncos win this week and the Raiders lose, the Broncos actually finished third in the division. Yeah. And we'd I have a higher pick that. Right. And that would mean harder schedule. Cause we'd be playing a third place than a fourth place. Yes. So there's, <laughs> There's so much that could actually be pretty bad if the Broncos win. And really, if anything, it benefits the Chiefs for the Broncos to lose or to win because then they don't get the higher draft pick. It's a little bit harder to build the team. And I, I don't know. It just this is yeah, this is gonna be a tough one. I, I don't know how this game's gonna go at all. But Paxton, 
just a one game audition. There's just not much you can really read into that. And like you said, when the Chiefs are probably playing a lot of backups, again, even if he's successful, everybody can point to that and say, well, if they had their starters, how would he have done? I just, I, I think he blew his opportunity. And I know it's not really his fault that he got hurt again, but you got to stay healthy when your opportunity's there and, and you got to figure out a way to get on the field. And he just hasn't been able to do that. So whether it's unlucky, what's all happened to him or what, but I don't know. It's just... I'm disappointed. You know how big of a fan I was. Ooh, past and, tense. Yeah. Past <laughs> tense. Well, it's it's. I, I just don't see any way possible that Paxton Lynch becomes the starter here in Denver unless there's some major injury because he's still on the team next year. And then all of a sudden he goes out and just plays like crazy next year. But even there, like you're going to go spend big money on some kind of free agent. And money talks. That's just the, the way the NFL works. If you're paying a guy $30 million – you're not going to have him sit on the bench. So I just don't see the opportunity here. His best value for the Broncos is going to be probably say he raises his drafts or his, his trade value. That's going to be his best value for the Broncos. So again, that's what's hard for me is I just don't see any way that he becomes the franchise guy for the Broncos. Now, maybe he goes to another team and finds success, which I mean, we've seen other players that have, have developed later in their career, but I don't know. I just, like I said, I'm, I'm just disappointed in the entire situation. They've handled this whole situation with him terrible. He has not done well to make the situation easy. It's just all around, everybody has really failed in this entire situation. <sighs> yes, it's been bad. And hopefully we can just put this past two seasons behind us pretty soon. Again, yeah. I'm, I'm still bitter about Pax Lynch being drafted because my boy, Kansas City Chief now, Chris Jones, is there. And I just thought Paxton was too much of a project and he didn't display consistent NFL ability. I mean, he flashed the arm talent and the, the athletic traits and everything like that, but making NFL throws, reading defenses, everything like that, I just, I just didn't see it. And I thought in a situation like Denver, you know, if Denver had a quarterback like, say, an Eli Manning, where, you know, you're not even having to worry about him for a couple years, and then you can go to Paxton Lynch, you know, year three of the deal, year four of the deal, that's one thing. But the situation we were in, expecting i mean not expecting him but really needing him to step up pretty quickly it just you mentioned it earlier the fit where guys go matters a lot and that was just not great for him and it it might have ruined his nfl career obviously a lot of it goes on his shoulders as well but it's a marriage of player talent ability and being on the right roster the right team the right scheme fit at the right time so it sucks and maybe you know maybe something will happen but I've never been as big of a Paxton guy as you are. I still think I would take him over Simeon. I really don't think Simeon's good. But, you know, what can you say? <laughs> that's already been – what can you say that's not been said yet? Right, right, exactly. All right, well, let's move on to a guy that has actually quite a bit kind of on, on the on the line here in this upcoming game, and that is C.J. Anderson against the Sheep's run defense. And we have a guy that has an opportunity for 1,000 yards. He just needs 54 to make that, that momentous mark, I guess, for his career. He's never had a 1,000-yard season, and he's never been able to stay healthy for a 16-game season. So he's, pro- he's going to make the 16-game season because he's going to actually start this upcoming game. But this is a, this is a big game for him. That's a, a, a nice marker for any kind of running back out there today. But I guess let me just start with this. How would you rate C.J. Anderson's season this year? B minus, probably just, you know, right above average. He's been solid, but it's been more of attrition than it has been explosive ability. Although the last few weeks, he's shown a little bit more. And I've been excited about that. But I think it's partially play calling as well. I mean, the offensive line is doing things. And honestly, I mean, he's been playing well enough that I've considered potentially approaching him about a contract restructure to keep him on here. But... I don't know. It, I mean, he's definitely, he's not a guy who's special enough that he can make up for an offensive line. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'd make, I'd rank him in that, oh, about 14 to 18 area of, of starting running backs in the NFL right now. Yeah. Maybe just a little bit. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard because, like you said, he has those games where he really shows up big and he'll run people over. He has some special plays in Broncos history. I think about that that touchdown, obviously, in overtime against the Patriots. That is a special, special play. I think about the 
I think it was a third down play against the Raiders in the 2013 season. And was it the 2013 or 2014 season? I can't quite remember. I anyway, yeah, he got hit right away. Like Elway, or not Elway, <laughs> Manning threw him just a quick out as Manning was getting hit kind of thing. And CJ got hit. Somehow breaks the tackle, breaks about three more tackles, runs up the field, breaks another tackle, scores a touchdown on a play that looked like it was going to be a disaster. So, again, he has some special plays. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl, him scoring that touchdown to really cement the victory, him being pretty much the only offensive weapon <laughs> that seemed to do anything in that game. I, so, I love C.J. Anderson. I appreciate all that he's done for the Broncos, but it's just, it is. It's hard to see him continuing to be with the Broncos after this season. But... I do appreciate, like I said, all he's done, and I really do hope he can get that 1,000-yard season. Yeah, I mean, even for somebody who potentially might be hitting the market here, for somebody like myself who doesn't really cheer against any of these guys unless their name is Tom Brady, then for him would be great. And we'll see what happens. I know he has that $4.5 million cap hit, and none of that is dead cap if he's released. The Broncos need cap space to go after Kirk Cousins, which... Again, I have reservations about, but everybody keeps saying it's happening, Nick. Quit asking about trading up for Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we'll see. Maybe they're playing it close to the vest. I still have hope. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things. Let's just say that both Rosen and Darnold don't want to go to the the Browns, which, I mean, I think there's been rumors that both of them have pretty much said that's the case. If Indy has that third pick, they're probably trading it. So there, there's that little hint of hope that the Broncos could get one of those two guys. <sighs> How about something like the Browns take Rosen at one and then let the draft fall out? Because, you know, Eli Manning was drafted by the Chargers, technically. And then Broncos at six take Baker Mayfield, send Mayfield a third-round pick this season, a conditional third-round pick, and a first-round pick next year with Baker Mayfield to the Browns for Rosen. Anything's possible. Yeah, I mean it's it's happened in the NFL before. Yeah, that's that's the thing to keep in mind. This isn't this isn't like dream world that it's never happened before. It's 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 been there. So again, like you said, even Elway, the Broncos' great quarterback, he was traded for because he just refused to play for the Colts. He kind of put him in a bind and said, "Hey, you draft me, I'll just go play baseball." Thanks. So. Yeah. (laughs) Browns fans still are pretty salty about all that. They're not Browns fans. Colts fans are pretty salty about that. He is not a well-liked person in that city. Was it Baltimore then or was it Indy? I think it was Baltimore. It was Baltimore then? Okay. I I wasn't sure if it was like Colts ownership around then notoriously horrible. And that whole moving out of Baltimore in the middle of the night, not even letting the city know and then ending up in Indy. I mean, screw them. I don't. They don't deserve Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. That's kind of some BS. I have friends who are Colts fans. They grew up Colts fans because Peyton Manning was so awesome. But, yeah, screw them. And I feel bad for the Browns fans, but at the same time, the original Browns went to Baltimore to fill in for the Ravens. So here we are now. Browns stink. They haven't made the playoffs since Bill Belichick was the head coach. And if it can mean their, their misfortune means the Broncos can get Darnold or Rosen, I am for it. Sorry, Cleveland. Suck it. <laughs> I know it's the holiday season and New Year's is around the corner and new beginnings, you know, being a better person. Nah, suck it, Cleveland. Give us one of those quarterbacks. That's right. We're still wanting that extra Christmas present here. Oh my gosh. That would be, (laughs) that'd be a Christmas present for two years because we'd have to give up a first round pick. It would be. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. That's definitely worth it. But yeah, CJ Anderson, I hope he gets that thousand yard season. He's been good for us the last couple of years. He's one of those guys who's not dynamic enough that he makes up for the offensive line, but he can be an identity guy. I feel like if I was in charge of the Broncos this whole season, the offense would have been run through him and Booker rather than trying to run it through the quarterback and the receivers, McCoy, cough, cough. But that's, I mean, it is what it is when you're falling behind. It's hard to run through the run game. You know, you have to have a team that is keeping games close and quarterbacks throwing pick sixes and you're getting three and outs. Hard to do that. So we'll see what happens with CJ, but this Chiefs run defense has not been great all season. They lost Eric Berry the first game of the year, and it really hurt their run defense because he's arguably a top, the best safety in the NFL. I think he's top three, top five, but he makes a big difference for their run game. Their linebackers aren't that great either. 
you know, you have guys like Derek Johnson is older. Reggie Ragland's a pure box guy. Frank Zombo, not great at that edge position. Justin Houston, solid, but kind of falling off a little bit. And then their defensive line, okay, but not great. Not great. Chris Jones is a good pass rusher, and he has size, but doesn't always play the best leverage or gap discipline. Alan Bailey's kind of a jag, which stands for just a guy. If you, yeah, if I say somebody's a jag, I don't mean Jacksonville. And Benny Logan's a guy that I like, but he's more of a 4-3 one, tech, one technique. I don't really see him having that size or that girth, or that ability to handle two lanes as well as that one-gap technique guy where he has another defense tackle next to him. So CJ Anderson, I think he will get it, but we'll see what happens with the game flow. They might try to get Booker, Henderson, more looks, but I'm hoping he gets it. Fingers crossed because CJ seems like a fun guy and it'd be a good story for him and something that we can at least put our hat on for this season. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. But moving on here, I, I wanted to get to this conversation because by the time we record next time, Black Monday will have happened in the NFL. For those who don't know what Black Monday is, that is usually the, the day. It's the day after the season ends, the regular season, and it's when a lot of head coaches get fired. And there has been some crazy talk about Vance Joseph. And, and I'm just looking at this whole situation where we have Vance Joseph on one sideline, Andy Reid on the other sideline. And Andy Reid, by most people, is a, a top five coach in the NFL. Is that where you would rank him? He's a top five team builder, but his ability to call a game and his clock management especially has him, uh, I don't know, I'd probably top five. So, I mean, he turned around that Chiefs team that was what the number one pick, and he came in and they've made the playoffs, won the di- division two years in a row. So as much as he looks like Santa Claus slash the Kool-Aid guy, probably top five. <laughs> you see he dressed up like Santa too? I did. I, I saw that video. Can't even hate him anymore. Can't even yeah. hate him. He, he, seems looks, like a, yeah. he seems like a fun guy. He's a goober, but that's yeah. okay because I am too. <laughs> but on the other side then – we have Vance Joseph, and there was an article put out by Pro Football Talk that this last game actually does matter for the Broncos and for Vance Joseph, that if they lose, there's a good chance he's fired. One, one, do you believe that? And two, if you were John Elway, would you fire him in that situation? Ah, man, you, the second question is really hard because it depends on so many things. Number one, I'll say I won't believe it. I need to hear that from one of my sources themselves to believe something like that these days because there's a lot of garbage out there, but we'll see. Number two, I don't know. I I don't think this game would make or break me firing him. If that's how you're judging it, then you're building this team all wrong. You know, how has he handled the locker room? What are the players saying about him? What are his coaches under him saying about him? I mean, if it's this game against the chiefs where the chiefs are not playing a good chunk of their teams and they're going to be calling it pretty safe, and make or break him staying in Denver, I have more questions about people making decisions than I do whether or not Vance Joseph stays. So we'll see. I don't think I would fire him uh, unless maybe put out some feelers out there for some guys. I would really be interested in the Eagles offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, honestly, Mark Reich and V. Filippo, who are both very interesting guys, offensive mastermind types. And you know what? They care about the offensive line of the run game, so they can stick around, in my opinion. But I don't know. This game, are you serious? This game is going to be the one that means Vance Joseph stays or goes? Well, I think it's combined with everything else that's already happened. What do they have, like eight double-digit points or eight games where they've lost by double digits? Yeah. And so if you go out there and lay an egg against a team that's not playing all their starters, say they lose by 20 points again, it's just compounded on top of everything else, I guess. Yeah, okay, so it's not whether or not they lose, it's how they lose. So I could see that. If this team comes out and absolutely plays like dog poop again, then that's something. But we talked again at the beginning of the season. This team, as much as, you know, local media and, you know, the people who drink in the orange Kool-Aid want to say, oh, Denver Broncos, division winners every year, this team didn't have the talent this year. You know, still pretty good defense, but the offense, offensive line still was probably a year year and a half off quarterback position was absolutely freaking garbage. You have older playmakers in Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, both of them over 30. You have nothing at tight end, like nothing of value at tight end and running back. You don't really have a game changer. 
add that to a defense that's, I think, one of the top eight oldest in the NFL in terms of average age for a starter. And the writing was on the wall. I, th- I thought this would be a 500 team, but tough schedule there, especially that stretch with the Chiefs, the Eagles. It started off with that freaking Giants loss. After that, everything just kind of compounded. But that tougher schedule down the stretch there, and everything just kind of fell apart. So we'll see. But as far as this game, the outcome of this game being make or break for Vance Joseph, I, I just don't know. I don't know about that. So we'll see. I get, I've been surprised before. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think he probably sticks around. Whether that's the right decision or not, I guess we'll, we'll find out. But it, it's hard where, one, you don't want to become the Cleveland Browns where you're firing a coach every year and then expecting good results. Just not the way the NFL works. Two, this is the guy you brought in thinking, hey, this is going to be our long-term coach. This is the guy that we really like. We've liked him for years. And so then all of a sudden to give up on him after one bad season, that's kind of, I don't know. It just seems a little short-sighted to me. And if anybody expected Vance Joseph to go out there and just dominate and just, I know people are looking at like McVay over at, at the Rams, but the Rams had a lot of talent on that team. There was a lot more talent there than it was here in Denver. Plus, they had a quarterback. They had playmakers on the offense. Defensively, they have a lot of playmakers on that defense. I mean, we, we've argued before. I, I think Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the NFL. You think it's Von Miller? I can't. I mean, it's it's 1A, 1B, in my opinion, kind of thing. They're, they're really, really close. So I, I don't know if you can really look at that situation and say, yep, that's what should have happened with Vance Joseph. I, I just I would rather see them go ahead and kind of keep some guys around and just see what they can build. This team, like you said, it's just it's getting up there in age a little bit. Some of the veterans, I think, have not really not checked out, but it's just not the same intensity that you saw two, three years ago. So you need to get a, a infusion of youth on this team and see what they can do. Get a real quarterback, see what happens with that. And I don't know, it just rookie quarterbacks, they're just going to struggle. They're going to make mistakes along the way. They got to learn from it. That's why first-time head coaches, a lot of times they do fail in the NFL. I didn't mind the Vance Joseph hire, but I also figured there's going to be some 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 growing pains if he's going to turn into anything in the NFL. And so I wouldn't mind seeing him get another chance, see what he can do, see what he can learn from all of his mistakes, see what the entire team can learn from all their mistakes. I mean, everybody's having to evaluate. That's one thing I do love about Elway is he's not afraid to self-evaluate and look at, hey, what have we done wrong? How have we built this team wrong? And let's go fix it. That's what happened after the 2013 season. We make the Super Bowl. And Elway says, not good enough. So that, that's something I, I'm excited about just to see what this team could look like next year. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough situation. You, it's not always the grass is greener on the other side. Things could get worse than what Vance Joseph has done this year. Just ask the Cleveland Browns who have won one game in two seasons. I saw this stat that there have been three Star Wars movies released, and in that same time span, the, the Browns have won one game. <laughs> just, just Josh Rosen, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So again, it, it can get worse, but I, I just, like you said, maybe it's, it's we, we need to find out what's going on inside that locker room. How are players actually responding to him? Do they think he's a competent head coach? Do they... I thought these last couple wins before this last loss were a good showing of what Vance Joseph brought to the table, that he kept his team in it. Even though they were losing bad in a lot of games, they were still fighting. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. So we'll see what happens there. And I would be intrigued about bringing in a more intelligent offensive coach, if we, especially if we go with a young quarterback. But you hit the nail on the head. You don't want to be that team that's rotating coaches in it year after year because that has multiple issues that come with it. Not only are you failing to establish a culture and identity and a scheme for your team, because head coaches have a certain idea of what kind of players they want for their scheme. And if you're rotating coaches in and out every year, you're going to have guys that don't fit what you want to do, and that becomes issue. But then you have the negative perception that entails with it too. You know, you don't want John Elway to start to creep into that Al Davis area where he's like, oh, he or Jerry Jones even before, you know, he got that handed over power to his son and they started drafting offensive linemen. 
where, you know, he's that tyrant that will never give up power. And I don't know. I don't want to work under him because there's no job security. So Vance Joseph comes out and, you know, this team comes out this week and loses by 40 and you can just see that they're dejected. That's one thing, but I, I don't know. I know this is going to make a lot of people irritated, but I think you probably bring them back next year. But if this team doesn't turn it around and you see actually directionality for the organization and the team season, or I don't even care he's gone, <laughs> but after one season, it's hard to fire a guy and then expect the team to be anything better next year. Cause it's at that point you're have turmoil and everything in the organization. Yeah. I can't disagree, but let's keep moving on and, and talk about a few other things here today. And, and this brings us to our section that we like to call the X factor. The, the player that we maybe think is going to make a huge impact in the game. And last week, I said that it would be Brock Osweiler. And I was kind of I was saying he was an X factor just because if we're playing a lot for, for next year, he was really playing for his opportunity to stick with the Broncos. And it wasn't a pretty game. Really, for the I mean, it wasn't a, a pretty game for the entire offense. And some of that falls on Osweiler. Some of it falls on we're missing Sanders, we're missing Latimer. <laughs> there just wasn't any weapons for him to throw to. And he just, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great game. I didn't think he did well in the pocket. I thought he, a couple of the sacks were more on him than the offensive line because he just held onto the ball too long or didn't step up in the pocket right. I just, it was kind of one of those, eh, games and and that's hard because he just he had a great game the the week before and that's kind of been how it's been with the bronco quarterbacks this year of oh all of a sudden they show just a hint of promise and boom they just fall off a cliff so i i don't know i i can't see i can't see osweiler back if we sign kirk cousins you don't want to be paying two quarterbacks i mean osweiler's not going to cost a ton but he's still going to cost something i think you'd rather go to the draft to find Kirk Cousins backup. Yeah, I agree. And for my guy last week, I said Demarius Thomas, he had a pretty good game, especially with Latimer and Manuel Sanders being out, but wasn't enough to make things happen. But again, it probably goes back more so to that quarterback. Osweiler was having a pretty poor game. He looked panicky. I don't know. He was trying to do too much, I would say. And that happens when you fall behind and trying to play keep up. But Pretty good game from DT, and I really hope that he's not wearing another team's uniform next year because he's probably been our best offensive player for the last two seasons, and I can't imagine how much worse this unit would be without him. And yes, again, you said earlier, it can get worse. (laughs) For me this week, I said Darian Stewart. I've been very disappointed in Darian Stewart this year. I feel like he's really fallen off a cliff, especially with his discipline. I feel like he makes mistakes, especially deep. Last week, a couple of times, you see him cheating or he's just a little bit slow to that ball and give a big play. He didn't give up that big, terrible busted coverage. I think that was actually on Chris Harris Jr. He had, it was a cover three called it looked like, and he had that back uh, corner, and that guy just snuck down. And Chris Harris and I think it was linebacker were both covering the flat. And what do you know, 60-yard touchdown, as open as you can possibly get in the NFL. That wasn't on Stewart. But not had a good season. And I think that he's, people have argued with me, but I think he's destined. And if you cut him, Prior to June 1st, you create a lot of dead cap, 4.2 dead cap for cutting them prior to June 1st and only 1.7 cap savings. But after June 1st, you have $5 million in cap relief with only $1 million of dead money. So I think Darian Stewart's probably gone, but it'll come with that post-June 1st designation. And he needs to play better. <laughs> so I'm just talking contractually. But he needs to play better. And the Chiefs, you know, Tyreek Hill probably not going to play much but Patrick Mahomes has an arm on him, and if Stewart doesn't play with discipline in the back end of the field, especially when he's playing single high or cover two, he's going to get burned, and he's going to continue to be an issue and give further reason for the Broncos to move on from him in the offseason and transition to Justin Simmons as a full-time free safety. Very good choice. I, I went with Connor McGovern. Uh, he had a, I'd say, a pretty down game this last week. Gave up some pressure, didn't really move people in the run game. But I, th- I just think he's another player that's really fighting for his his opportunity to really start, I guess I would say. I could see the Broncos going two offensive linemen in the top three rounds of the draft if they don't believe in Connor McGovern. If they believe in Connor McGovern, then probably only one player in the top three rounds, which you're getting for a right tackle, and then more of your, your swing tackle probably later in the draft. Again, I'm one of those people, 
Connor McGovern, I think he can be a competent starter, but I think there's some guys in this draft that could become good starters to great starters to even all pro starters. So it's hard to, to pass when I know you can upgrade the position. When you would have possibly an interior of Paradis, Leary, and say, let's just say the, Nelson. We'll just go there. We'll just say that was their first round pick. Well, then all of a sudden you have one of the best interior offensive linemen in the NFL, in my opinion. And then you have two guys that can help out with the tackles. I just don't know if Connor McGovern, he just, what you said earlier, he's, I, I think he's more of just a jag, just a guy, just kind of my opinion. I know others are higher on him and what he's done for the team so far, but I, I just, I really do feel like center is his better position. I'm with you on that. And I just think he has a lot to prove to really keep this team from drafting his re- replacement at the guard position. Yeah, I think center is probably his best spot. He just doesn't have the – I mean, he's, what is he, 306 pounds, which is not small by any means, but he just looks stubby. And he had short arms at the combine, and he's better at those combo blocks. It's just every all his tools and everything he does well is, well, scream center to me. So we'll see what happens with Paradis. If something happens with Paradis, then we, we might still need that guard and moving McGovern over to center. So we'll see what happens. But our what to watch for last week – I said the red zone, Broncos struggled in the red zone against the Colts. And this week, this last week, they really didn't do much in the red zone because they didn't hardly even get there. They're one for two, 50%, not great. And I don't know, not much more to say. The offense sucked again. Yeah. And I went with penalties and it meant something that I think they were what top three in penalties this year. And they actually cleaned it up pretty good. They only had three penalties for 30 yards, but <laughs> kind of came back to, again, they turned the ball over again. So it seems like one thing or another destroys any kind of momentum they try to build in the game. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's frustrating. You you see him get a decent drive going and all of a sudden, oh, holding call. You see him getting a great drive going, oh, interception, fumble. What, it just, <laughs> I don't know. I That's kind of my feeling this entire season is just, a complete letdown on so many levels. It's been that kind of year. Yeah, it really has been that kind of year. But this week I went with uh, the young safety play, and it was kind of fun to watch Parks and Carter on the field this last week. And while they've been up and down, because, I mean, they are young players, they're not highly drafted players, at least they did show a little bit of promise that maybe they could be playmakers for this team moving forward, or maybe they could get away with a Parks and Simmons starting and Carter coming in to help out in the run game. Yeah, good interception by Parks last week in the red zone too. That was honestly one of his best game, best plays of his career. I've been a Parks critic. I think he's more of a third safety, that guy that can come in and be that third safety, almost that linebacker safety hybrid and maybe some nickelback too, but doesn't do anything great. But that was a great play from him, so we'll see what happens from him. I went with defensive line this week. Patrick Mahomes is a guy that at Texas Tech, he showed athleticism and pocket mobility, but he didn't always show the best awareness back there. And that was especially true when you had guys in coverage. He didn't send extra guys. You know, he didn't blitz. And Broncos have a defensive line that has been up and down in their ability to get after the quarterback. You know, Von Miller, obviously, can get after the quarterback. But from the interior, flash there, but not super consistent. Adam Gotsis needs to add pass rush moves, but has the athleticism and the frame and the tools to do it. And then you saw Shaq Barrett have some flashes last week as well. But it wasn't against Trent Williams, who was out with injury. But the Broncos defensive line, they got some young guys. Shelby Harris, so he'll be back next year. He's an exclusive right to free agent, so we'll see what happens there. But Demarcus Walker, he played some last week, but he hasn't really flashed. I'm That pick, I just, ugh, man. I, the first-round pick hasn't been playing great either recently, though. I feel like Bulls has hit a wall. He's one of the most penalized players in the NFL this year, so he's really got to take a step forward next year, which, you know, he was always projected to be a couple-year project just for how raw he was, and he had penalty issues at Utah as well. So we'll see what happens next year from him. He might be better off at right tackle, but still, you need both, especially in the AFC West. Defensive line's my what to watch for this week, and watch for some of those younger guys as well, specifically Harris, Walker, and Gatsis, because they are playing for more prominent roles next year, and who knows what's going to happen with Derek Wolf and his injuries. We want to say thank you to our sponsor, Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, 
Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. All right, Carl. Well, this is probably the most shot in the dark prediction we will have all season. Everything considered because who knows what Chiefs and Broncos are going to show up. But I'll go first. I think the Broncos are going to end up losing this game 27 to 20. I think Paxton Lynch will play okay, but have some issues moving the football and the Broncos will lose the turnover battle once again, because that's been their job this season. It seems like, and the Broncos will finish off with the sixth pick. Actually, no, let's go with the fifth pick. I think the Texans are going to come out with a win, but the Bucks will lose. So Broncos get the fifth pick and at least I'll have something to look forward to in that regard going into the off season. Not bad. Not bad. I'll, I'll say the Broncos lose as well. And I'll go, I'll go 24, 20 in this one. I think, as much as the Chiefs don't have anything to play for, I think Patrick Mahomes will be pretty pumped up. And I think he might surprise a couple players with just how how strong his arm is. It's it's pretty fun to watch, I guess. I don't know how well he's going to come out in the NFL, but just preparing for a guy that you really haven't seen much on and what they're going to try to do with him. Like I said, I just think he's going to come out pretty pumped up. I think he's going to do pretty well. And this Bronco team, they've shown – they just don't have the resilience. They have one turnover and everything falls apart. Defense falls apart. Offense falls apart. I, I just see that happening where they have an early turnover because this Chiefs team, that is one thing they've been great at. They've all, The last few years, they've been really, really good at just getting turnovers. So I, I see either Paxton Lynch throw an early interception, strip fumble, something happen. Booker fumble it again. Yeah. He's got to work on that. He fumbles it a lot. But that will wrap up this Week 17 preview episode for the Huddle Up podcast. This is the last one of the season. We will be back again. I'm not sure if we'll be doing preseason. We probably will. Did we do preseason this year? I can't even I remember. I think it's so. Such a long season. Yeah, I think we did. Okay, well, we'll probably be back for that, barring some or extraneous circumstance happening. But you can find Carl on Twitter, at Carl MHH and myself, at Nick Kendall MHH, as well as find our Denver Bronco articles on Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of Scout.com and CBS Sports Digital. You can follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing to us on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher, as well as check us out on YouTube. We put that up every week as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Mile High Huddle and Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love interacting with you guys, especially with the draft coming up because Carl and I are very opinionated on the draft and we love for you guys to tell us we're wrong. We bring it back right at you. So don't get offended. We're pretty, I'd say we're pretty nice guys. I don't know about you, Carl, actually. Carl's actually probably the nicest guy. He's too nice. <laughs> but Appreciate me, I just kind of, I just like, I just move on. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. But yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed it. This is the last preview episode of the season, and we'll be coming at you with the draft episodes from here on out. Listen to this, and you're kind of curious about the big bowl games coming up. Go out and check the previews of the bowl games. We hit all the New Year's Six, plus one more bowl, so... College football has been interesting this year, and it really matters for the Broncos, especially with the team being so bad. Check out some of this young talent. For Carl, I'm Nick, signing out. We hope you enjoyed it, and we won't see you next week for this. For Carl, I'm Nick Kendall, wrapping up the final regular season episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you again soon. Go Broncos, and I guess go draft. Mile high huddle.